Yep, me again. This podcast will contain more than just the F word, football. It'll also contain the C word too. That's right, conversation. Hello and welcome to another episode of Project Conversation, the podcast that keeps people talking. Joining me on today's podcast is my long-term friend who used to live across the road, doesn't live any call across the road anymore. Or, well, I say across the road, you know, like round the corner, that's it. More round the corner than across the road. Yeah, he's, uh, he's my mate Cameron Davis. Uh, Cam, thanks for coming on the pod, mate. Not a problem, Luke, not a problem. Pleasure to be here. Um, how, are you, how are you getting on, mate? You good? Yeah, doing all right. Seeing the days through like everyone else. Um... Yeah, trying to keep take it easy, stay positive, keep motivated through these tough times. But the end's in sight now. The end's in sight. It is indeed, and that's the thing. Positivity, my friend. Positivity until the very, very end. Can't help but notice you've got a really nice retro Juventus top on, even though people can't see. This is a two thousand, I'd say three four shirt with the Edgar Davids on the back. Edgar Davids on it's the a- back. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I don't really like Juventus two thousand and three, to be honest, only because. Um, didn't never get Ballon d'Or, I think, and that that meant Thierry never got it after they won the Champions League in two thousand and three. So it's very true. It doesn't help wearing Edgar Davids because you know we know that he went to the other sides. I guess it's really poor choice, actually. Yeah, I'll take that back. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll keep that down. Um, yeah, but I, I think Edgar Davids has respect because of the, the the glasses he wore. I mean, he just was oh, yeah. a cool guy, wasn't he? Yeah, to be fair, like I I never really watched him like. When I was younger, but then I once saw a guy who had similar glasses when I was playing as just a Sunday league game. I thought, okay, this is a bit different. And I searched up like what it was it for, and then Ed Yavis popped up. I was like, okay, I, I see. This is this is a this is a thing. Pure fashion icon, Edgar Davids. He has a little bit of respect. We respect Edgar Davids, why not? Uh, Cam, before we get onto the main topic yeah. of what you want to talk about, um, let's play a quick game. It's time for who, what, where. Yes, it's time for who, what, where. I'm going to ask Cameron some random questions. Simply who, what, where. Cam, just give me some answers, mate. They're, they're no right or wrong. It's literally just your answers. All right, so let's crack on with who, what, where. Okay, Cam, first question. What do you prefer, Nando's or Wagamama's? Right. I think as an overarching thing, let's see, this is difficult because it, it depends on my mood. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think it, of a winter's day, Going to Wagamama's and getting a bowl of ramen and some dumplings, I, that's that's different, isn't it? That's different. But I think now you can't, you can't really be in the summer, can you? I'd like to think I know, but what's your, what's your go-to? My go-to Nando's is boneless chicken thighs, medium, medium boneless chicken thighs. They will go peri chips, garlic breads, and if I'm feeling hungry, then extra halloumi. Nice, nice. It's a solid one. It's a solid order. It's a solid order. I, I don't think you can top that. I mean, maybe maybe get hot. Maybe get hot. But apart from that, mate, yeah. I mean, they, from experience, they're normally quite the same, yeah. if I'm deadly honest. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that. Right, moving on. Question two. You're hosting a dinner party. Um, you can ask two celebrities, past or present, to come round. Who do you decide to pick? I think I'd pick John Travolta <laughs> yes. as my first guest. I think it'd be a good laugh and we've got, we can talk about flying things and I'd love to know what it's like working with someone like Bruce Willis, with Jackson and with Quentin Tarantino, of course. So that would be my first one. I reckon he'd be a good conversation starter. 
in a second. I think from current form, I'd have to invite Mika Richards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'll get a laugh out of that, to be honest, wouldn't you, really? What a great answer that was. The only thing is, though, if you invite Mika Richards, you'll probably get Roy Keane knocking on the door after 20 minutes or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. be the plus one, yeah, so here's your delivery. <laughs> John Travolta and Roy Keane. Obviously, John Travolta was once in Greece as well, wasn't he? With um, Olivia Newton-John. Mm. I mean, that would be great. Classic. Yeah, classic. An all-time classic. I noticed you touched on flying, flying things, but uh, that might that might lead into the topic of the podcast. Who knows? Stay tuned and keep listening if you want to. So you don't turn off just yet. Okay, moving on. You're in a cinema and the film is The Life of Cameron Davis up to now. Who do you choose to play you? I'm guessing you've watched Fast and Furious. I've been making a confession. I haven't seen all of them, but I know. You haven't seen a lot? Okay. That's, I mean, there's one bloke. There's the guy, the Asian guy with the long hair. Yeah. I think if he looks similar to me, but if he had a bit of a trim, I think I'd give that a real, I'd give him a real go. I wouldn't, I can't tell you names, but I think people know who I'm talking about. The, the guy in Tokyo Drift. The first. I vaguely remember who you're on about. I, like I've said before, Kevin Hart for me. Imagine Kevin, Kevin Hart. Hart. Yeah. Cool, yeah. I'd love yeah, Kevin I can, Hart. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. What is your most embarrassing moment that springs to mind? Could be anything. I was listening. I was listening to your other one, and I've had um, where the guy basically, if if you haven't heard, he's basically waved to someone who he thought was waving at him, but actually he was waving at someone behind him. And I've had very similar scenario to that but I've had it in much closer contact so this has been me down the hall in school and I've waved to my friends who initiated the wave to me and then I went to, <laughs> he said oh hello Cam and he walked straight past me and then said hello to the other mate and I was like one of those ones and it's just like oh and I was the only one in the hall this was flying school. It was just, it's just even worse because or everyone is of a more mature age where you'd expect them to just welcome you or say hello, whatever. Anyway, but the fact I just got left hanging with the oh hi Cam. Yeah, it's embarrassing, mate. Bit rough. Not yeah, ideal. Rough. It's not ideal. Last question uh, before we go on to the to the main topic. What is the perfect cup of tea? Perfect cup of tea is water boiled. Right. Tea bag. Tea bag in first. Right. Okay. Water on top. Mm-hmm. Okay. Water in. Then I don't. I don't mix. I I press the tea bag against the side of the cup, and you when you press it, you see all the goodness come out. You see the darkness increase. Then tea bag out. Then you know exactly how much milk to put in. That's it. No sugar. None of that sugar business. That's it. I love Proper that. Builders. I love the press. Builders I love stuff. the press about that. It's great. No one knows. Oh, I'll get me tea bag in. I'll whack me tea bag out. I'll fling it on the side. Because no, no, yeah, if you leave it or just stir it, you get that weird like scum on the top, don't you? <laughs> really, it's weird. No, it's not. It's not what you want. And then if if that happens, I just throw away the cup and just start again. I like that. I've got to say, it's it's a good cup of tea, Cam. I mean, to be honest, you've made me a cup of tea many a times before, and it's always been a good cup of tea, I have to say. I like that. That's a good one. If anyone else can come in and top that when it comes to making a perfect cup of tea, I'll be impressed. 
So as you mentioned flying school, you mentioned uh, John Travolta and flying things. And that's what we're going to be talking about on the, on, on the, the podcast on Project Conversation is that you've got a story to tell, mate. You've been learning how to, to fly planes. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So, so I have actually studied. I'm fully qualified. So I am a professional commercial pilot. I've, I've got the license and I also have a degree in airline transport management. I had no idea I wanted to do it up until about the age of 18. Like beyond then through school, I had no desire, I had no thought of becoming a pilot or anything. Like it just sprung onto me on my 18th birthday when my father brought me down for a trial flight at a local airfield in Stapleford. And I got in, had a feel about for it. And I thought, you know what, this is actually quite, this is quite good actually. One thing led to another, and then here we are, like two two years down the line, and I'm sat in my bedroom <laughs> with, with a nice little commercial pilot's license. How does it feel when you say that? Like, how, how does it feel when you say, you know, I, I'm professionally qualified, I can fly planes? Must have a good feeling, though. No, of course it does. Like, I, when I sit back and just actually think what I've achieved, I think, you know, I've actually done pretty well for, for myself. I mean, it's not coming easy, of course, I mean, there's been really, really hard work, loads of setbacks, but push through it. And I can actually sit here and think I've actually achieved something pretty, pretty good at my age. I'm not comparing it to anyone or anything, but I think for myself, like as a goal, I had set myself that goal and I'd achieved it. So I think it's a job well done. And you touched then when you mentioned that you've had setbacks and that's what you wanted to come on and, you know, kind of talk about the journey and the, some of the setbacks you had. Uh, just give the people who are listening a little insight into just some of the setbacks you had because I know you've had you've had a couple and and it's been tough you know like you said yeah I mean going through secondary school and sixth form up up until that point I mean I've never been the best at exams I always dreaded results days year 11s year 12s year 13s I always dreaded getting that piece of paper when everyone else was elated with their results getting their ideal offers here, there and everywhere. I was thinking, God, I can't stand this. And it showed, I mean, I'd, I hadn't done as well as I wanted to in my GCCs, in my A-levels. I was expecting bigger and better things and I didn't achieve quite what I wanted. And that was really tough. And then that also leads on to not, me not knowing what I wanted to do because I was given a piece of paper with all of these results and thinking I can't really do very much with it with this and I thought god I really I really I'm really at a dead end then luckily I came across the flying and that gave me a new lease of life but even then I mean you still have to do countless exams and even that those were hard I'd failed a couple and I thought right this is it this is another repeat this is deja vu of my school days and I just couldn't bring myself around to thinking that again was there ever a time when you were doing the uh exams when you came to fly when you you failed a couple did you ever think again okay perhaps this isn't for me i might leave i might have to find myself a new avenue again was that did that ever go through your mind or did you think you know what i'm just going to suck this up and try and get on with it because this is what i want to do it definitely crossed my mind like the first time around i had to do two sets of seven final exams and obviously practices within them after the first seven i thought God, I've got to seriously start looking at other options because if I continue like this, then I'm I'm in a stink. But 
I thought I'm not going to put myself through that again. I remember the feeling of how I felt on that results day, seeing everyone else because I was I'm so I was surrounded by some of the smartest people you will ever meet. I mean, from across the across the world, Italy, Ireland, America, Mexico, everything. Like they are some clever, the clever bunch of people. And I just thought I didn't want to be that one that let the team down in my class. And I didn't want to do it for my, I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it. I thought I'm not making myself feel like that again. And then second lot of seven exams came around and I smashed them. And I thought, you know what, that's that's well done to me. Like I'm proper happy because I was close to being kicked out because my levels weren't at where they needed to be. But I thought it's a huge investment of my time, of my parents' time and resources. So I needed to make it all worth it. It's funny how you mentioned, you know, the secondary school and, and the GCC results, because I kind of resonate with that because at school, I was probably the same in terms of I was never, ever, you know, I was never going to get the, the top grades. I was never. I was always, you know, decent grades, you know, decent, decent grades, never the best, probably never the worst. And I remember, I think you, you if he's listening, I, I very rarely, I doubt he's listening, but we, Robin Gibbs, you might know Robin. Uh, we played football with Robin for Langley. Now, it just sprung to mind when you were saying that because I remember I was in the, the hall picking up my uh, GCSEs and someone had asked me if I was Robin Gibbs. And at that time, I was desperate to say, yes, I was, because I knew if I would have taken him, I'd have got A's and A's and A's and A's. And had, instead, I had to say, no, sorry, I'm Luke Henry. And then I had to open up a couple of C's and that as well and a D in Spanish or whatever it was. I thought, okay, you know, yeah, fine, whatever the case may be. So I completely resonate with you. And especially when it comes to exams, oh, I think, you know, oh, I hated exams. Really, really did. It was really always tough, always tough. And sometimes you think like an exam, you know, doesn't really paint the picture that, that the person is because, you know, it could be the one thing you're not very good at, or it could be the one thing you're brilliant at when it comes to an English test or whatever the case may be, or a history question, you know, or a geography question you revise so long and it's like, Oh, I'm not really good at this bit. That's what it gets. You know, you get credited with it. It's, it's sometimes it can be unfair, but honestly, when you have revised it's, and you've got that question, it's like, Oh, it's the best exam in the world. But so you did the exams in flying school and then you, like you said, you, you know, you smashed them. Then, then, then what was next? What was next in, in the chapter? After ground school, or once that section was completed, that took about eight months or so. So it's quite an intense hmm. period of time. And especially around Christmas, like that obviously didn't help. So it was just even harder to get revision in. It was then onto the actual flying phase. So that required me to move away from home, leaving friends, family, behind and going to America for the best part of nine, 10 months. And I mean, it's not a huge jump in terms of language difficulties and things like that. I mean, I'm not going to stick out like a sore thumb in terms of me not being able to communicate with the locals, because obviously everyone speaks English just about, I mean, American people's idea of English is a bit different, <laughs> but moving away, it was different. It was challenging in the sense that you're having to be a lot more independent, a lot more grown up. And at the age of, what, 19, 20, I think I was, me being only 20, 22 at the moment. Yeah, it was tough, but you it taught me to like grow up quicker, think of my feet and just realise what goes into everyday life, as well as having to study while I'm out there. Yeah, because it's, it's different, isn't it? Because, you know, those people probably listening have been to uni. You know, when you're in uni, you t- you're living away, but at the same time, you know, you're a call away or you're a train away. You can drive back to home, you know, that weekend, you know, you're thinking about when I'm next going home for you. 
you know, you're not thinking that you're thinking I'm here for nine months, you know, I'm, I'm in another country, I'm far away. I've got to take this opportunity as it comes. So what were the life experiences that you learned out there? Like, how was it? And you were, you know, you were with no people you didn't know before. How was all of that? Yeah, I think it's just, I'd like to say make the most of a bad situation, but it wasn't really a bad situation because I chose to be that I enjoyed my time there, don't get me wrong. So it wasn't a case of being in a bad place, but it was more a case of adapting to being able to live that far away from your family and realising oh, I can't call them now because it's four o'clock in the morning there or whatever the time difference may be. But for me, I thoroughly enjoyed my time that I am a very positive person anyway. So that obviously helps because I, I didn't get too homesick, but towards the end, I slightly did. I was just a bit over the whole thrill of it. But no, I think I embraced the experience. I thought to myself that, not everyone's going to be able to get the same life experiences as me from here. And I'm in a very fortunate position. So I embrace it with open arms and just think this will make me a better person. And even looking back at it now, like I really do miss the days that I was out there. Yeah. So talk to me, what, what did you do out there? So what was it? Cause you said you, you actually went out to, to fly. So what was the difference when you were here in England compared to when you were out there in, in America? Yeah, so I mean, when I'm when I was here to begin with, it's all just the theory of flying and learning every single aspect of yourself, like human performance um, aspects of weather, mechanics of flying of the airplane itself, X, Y, Z. Then getting out there, it's just it's almost the it's it's the most fun part of the training is actually getting in that plane and taking it up on yourself flying hundreds of miles for hours on end and just being in perfect weather for over half the year and it was amazing it really it really really was what was it like when you went in that plane for the first time and took off in the sky and had that first little bit of you know experience what was what was that feeling like I bet that must have been crazy obviously I had my trial flight back in the UK anyway and I thought that was pretty something, just being able to look, being several thousand feet above the ground, and just being able to look down and thinking, well, like, we're, we're there. Like, I can see as far as I want, really. And my, the moment that sticks out for me in Arizona was me doing my first solo flights. And that, for me, is one of the most memorable days of my life, just thinking that uh, it's just me and this little tin can that's going to fly for hours in the Arizona heat in the middle of summer. And I thought, how is that possible? How have I been so lucky to get this opportunity? I remember just looking out, obviously I was sweating, shaking in my boots because it's the fir first time I've been allowed. It's like driving for, for the first time, going to yeah. Tesco's when you get a new car after your driver's license, but it's a bit slightly different. Yeah, because you're in a but... plane, mate. <laughs> so you <different. laughs> Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking, but being seven and a half thousand, eight and a half thousand feet off the grounds, just seeing the open desert, seeing the towns, just in complete stillness, just you and a machine. It's just, it's one of the most breathtaking things I've probably ever experienced. Really is. Probably like you said, that moment then when you're sitting there going, well, and then you're like, this is it. This is what I want to do. This is my career. 
this is where I'm going to be, like, hopefully for the, you know, for the rest of my life or the foreseeable future. Exactly, yeah. Like, I can, I can just then I thought this is exactly what I want to do. I'm so happy I pushed through what I did. I did everything that needed to be done in order to get to this position, like countless hours of working, day and nights, late, late nights, early mornings. It was all for that moment. And I just thought, yeah, I've, I've pushed through that. I persevered through the really hard, but really, really hard part. Now I'm getting the, the reaps of my rewards. You know, I'm lavishing what I have now that I've put in all that work. Mm. You said to me, didn't you? You said, it's all about perseverance. And, you know, you just said yourself, you know, you started this all out when you were 18. So you didn't actually start until you were 19. And then, you know, you're 22 now and you're talking to me and you're qualified and you're a professional. So as well as the perseverance aspect, what else as from, did you learn from yourself and from other people? I think from all of it, I've learned that I'm, I'm more independent than I realise. And I'm able to think more logically and just take time with everything. Like I, I'm not one to jump into a rash decision straight away. I mean, I'll take time to jump into a rash, a bad decision, but at least I'll take time about it. But overall, I've learned that I am able to achieve something if I put my mind to it and really think, do I want this? Do I want this? And if the answer is yes, then I can, I can go for it. And I think that resonates with a lot of people because I know people are at the moment in a really tough, difficult spot through lockdowns and through like their lives. Cause I know this for us is a very difficult time at the, at the best of times, if that makes sense. Mm. So it's difficult that period between university or further education and your further employment in your life being 21 to about 25, 26, is just a case of finding your feet because everyone's going in all different directions. Everyone's got people have got families, people have got great jobs, people are living abroad and doing everything they want to. But some people may not have that. Some people may still be working, like grinding to get to what they need. And that's fine. Like it's just a case of looking at yourself. What am I working towards? What, are, what am I persevering for? And if you've got that goal in mind, it doesn't matter how well people are doing. They can be moving in together. They can be doing the best things with their dream jobs already. They may already have their dream jobs, but it's, it's not about who gets there the quickest. It's about you getting there at your own speed and being happy and just assured of yourself, thinking, yeah, I've really worked hard for this. I've really put myself through a difficult tough spot but now I'm out of it and I deserve this I deserve to be where I am I couldn't agree more mate with what you're saying because you know especially like you said with young people I think we all look at each other and especially with social media I think everyone looks at people and thinks blimey they're doing that now or they're doing this then and you're thinking what am I doing and you start self-doubting yourself and you probably start criticizing yourself but you know really what you should be is like, you know what, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I'm in my right lane. You know, this will happen when it happens. I'm comfortable with myself. You know, I'm enjoying myself. I'm happy because that's actually the main thing. And then you just see where it takes you. It's difficult. It really is difficult. And that's half the reason I want to do that. I'm doing the podcast really is just for people, people like yourself have stories, but other people that may, they don't have stories will have a story just because 
they don't think they've hit their career goal or you know they you know they don't think they're they're where they want to be right now that doesn't mean they haven't done things in the past that has got them to where they are now and that's why I want to do the podcast because like I said it's difficult for young people and especially before without a lockdown and a global pandemic it's always been difficult you know being at university your lectures will tell you you know it's not the degree that's going to get you the job it's it's going to be the person behind the degree well that doesn't you know some people are then thinking oh no but I thought it was I was thought I was going to get a job just with the degree so it's you know it's it's so difficult it's so competitive in every way walk of life and I just wanted to go back to something you said because it, it was I was thinking about what you were saying and you talked about the rash move rash decisions and rash moments when you first went or when you first you know saying I'm going to do this did you think this may backfire this could be a rash move and this could be a rash decision or did you know that you were thinking because I know what you're like you're very you know like you said you know you don't rush into things but did you actually think no this is going to be well I'm going to get this it's going to be fine and we'll see what happens or was there is was there a little bit of self-doubt in there that that was my mindset when I actually started up I was thinking oh I love this I'm going to get into it I'm going to be all over this and I jumped in applied for different schools to learn to fly and I got accepted into one and I thought right this is it right we're going we're going full speed ahead this is my life now but I didn't realize that me getting in is fantastic it's great that's what I want that's what my parents want my family wants it's great but with something like flying and even university or other areas of education there was always another cost and for me, for flying, it's the financial. Mm. And that is the main deterrent for most people who want to get into flying. Like people, there's going to be people out there who are much better flyers, people who are smarter than myself and have greater aspects than I do. But I'm in a very fortunate position where my family have been able to financially support me without being put in real danger, mm. if you know what I mean. So I've been lucky enough to have family funds in order to facilitate my dream. And that got overlooked when I initially applied and I thought, this is it. I didn't realise how much, like it, how much it demanded mm. as well, like not just a base cost, but in terms of living, in terms of accommodation, food, all of these little things that add up, you don't actually realise goes into making a dream happen. And I took that for granted. And I still do. I, I'm still very much not in debt, but in, in financial terms, but I'm in debt to my parents for giving me that opportunity for saying, yes, we will fund you. We'll put this money aside and we will fund you for what you want to do and I, I couldn't be more thankful and that spurs you on then doesn't it because then you're thinking right this is the opportunity and then you're thinking not just about yourself you're thinking about your family thinking I'm not doing this for me I want to make them proud as well because parents will always say I'm proud in whatever you do but like you said when you they give you that responsibility said yeah go on we, you know you can do this you're thinking right I'm going to work doubly hard show you know I feel satisfaction for me but not only just for myself for my parents obviously a nice way to, well, I say a nice way to wrap this up and tie into, but obviously, like you said earlier on, you just, we talk about coming out of lockdown and there's positive sights, you know, ahead. Well, how did the lockdown play a, a part? Because it must, that must have been difficult. I was lucky enough. So I got home before 
the lockdown or whatever actually happened. So before coronavirus was even a rat, yeah, before I got home from Arizona before coronavirus was about, which was good. But then it was only in my final phase where it really affected me. So mm. I was back from America. I had to go back to Oxford and then to Gatwick to finish off the final parts of my my training. And that's when the coronavirus struck. And yeah, it really delayed everything. It made everything a lot more complicated and strenuous as it did as it does for everyone oh, of course but I was lucky enough to well, I wouldn't say lucky enough I was through the first lockdown I was still able to do my training so I was still able to live in Oxford's finish finish on my training as quickly as I could and then get to Gatwick do the last part and then that was me done and that was still during the lockdown so my industry was still considered essential work because I was still in education so I was still allowed to go and it's it's not as if I'm meeting loads and loads of people all at the same time I'm with one instructor the whole day and we're not in real close proximities I mean we're still sat in a plane together but we're side by side not facing each other so all the measures were taken as thoroughly and as carefully as they could but yeah even then it was still a real real task I mean, I was, yeah, again, lucky enough to still be able to do my training, but I know loads of people behind me on other courses and other people, their lives just stopped. Like, it just stopped there and then. Then it comes to frustra- the frustration about it, doesn't it? Then, you know, you're, you're thinking, oh, this is, this is going to take longer than I expected. And then you start, you know, beating yourself up probably about it. And then then you have to realise that it's not just yourself, everyone's in this position as well. But it is that just frustration, isn't it? Because especially you came so, you know, you were nearly there to finish. You're on the home straight, you finished your training, you're coming back and then it hits and you're thinking, but like you said, it could have been worse. And that's another way to look at everything. It could have been worse. And, and, and you know, like you said, we're now in positive steps ahead, hopefully. And hopefully soon we'll be back into the, you know, the beer gardens and whatnot. And hopefully in the future, never thought you'd say this, you'd be, you'll be able to go and, you know, fly planes. If that's, if that's the, if the next step, I presume it is. Yeah, could have thought, yeah. But next steps, that's what I'm looking into. Hopefully things will start to pick up and I know things will start to pick up. We've just got to remain positive, optimistic, just trust the process. I know it's hard it being so late on and days are getting longer weather's getting warmer but you just got to trust the process see it out and then this will be the end of it and then some form of normality will will follow mm. and that's what we can all hope for i'm so happy you've ended the the main part of the uh, podcast with a with a Mikel Arteta phrase and an arsenal fan phrase of trust the process because <laughs> what what trust more to talk about edgar david's Start off with Edgar Davids and to finish it off with a Mikel Arteta quote is 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 very strong, mate. I'm really uh, that's that's class. Do you, know, do, you know, do you know what we've done there? We've persevered. We've we've persevered, persevered and we started up there and we've come the long way round. We yep. started negatively, and now we've you know spoke about Mikel Arteta. We're, we're a good place. We're a good place. Good place, maybe not in the league table, but that can wait for another podcast. Okay, um, before you go, Cam, it's time for guest petees. Yes, it's time for guest petees because it is Project Conversation. It's the podcast with people talking. It's not my podcast, it's Cameron's podcast, and he is the expert in his chosen field. Very difficult to ask you a question about planes. So I asked you before we came onto the podcast to give me a, a, a topic that you think you're an expert in, and you went with Kanye West. 
think it was either that you said or sushi, believe it or not. But you went with Kanye West in the end. So, yeah, I'm going to ask you three questions about Kanye West. Um, Quite simply, don't get them wrong. Question one. Right. And this is according to Capital Extra. I'm just going to point that out there. Right. According to Capital Extra, which album is his highest selling? His highest selling? Just in terms of albums? Yeah. What's the album called? It'd have to be the... His first one, I think, the college dropout, that must be his highest selling. Smashed it. One out of one, mate. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I looked at it and thought, yeah, it could have been. But then I thought, mate, was it graduation? I thought that could have been another. Exactly what I was thinking. But it turns out it was college dropout. Obviously, I have to check the answers to make sure you're right. Uh, Okay, question two. What is his highest highest selling selling single? That's a tough question. It is a tough Um, question. I think it may, it may... How to be on the graduation album then? I would. I want to say. I know it's not, but I want to say Gold Digger, but it's not. I know it's not. It is Gold Digger, yeah. According to the Billboard sure. UK charts or something, Gold Digger was number one in two thousand and five. I think it was off the top It is interesting. I say gradu- yeah, I, I was. I was pushing towards like a graduation or something like that. But okay. Yeah. No. Two out of three. You know your stuff, right? Can you make it a hat stab, stab in the dark? Yeah. This is a lot of the last question. Okay, what was a song called that caused the controversy surrounding Taylor Swift in the Life of Pablo album, I believe it was? The, the, the title of the song. So... Sorry, I don't know. Uh, you so can't ask Siri for help. Me. You can't ask Siri for help. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not allowed. That's not allowed. He got up at her VMA acceptance in 2009 and basically said, you're rubbish, Beyonce's better. The goal's open. I've missed it. I really you're, you're, don't know. I really don't know the you're answer. So, you're so there. You're so there. But if I give you any clue, if I give I, you I, any I, clue, you'll get it. Think about what, <sighs> what Think about what they all share in common. What, like, what is Kanye West? What is Taylor Swift? What is Beyonce? Yeah, they're all celebrities, but they all are. Oh, don't. That's just rubbing so into the wounds. I know exactly what it is. It's on the tip of my tongue. Nah, I've got, I've got, I've got to accept I've missed a sitter there. Yeah, I've missed an open goal. Famous. I've missed an open goal. Of course it is. Of course it is. Because obviously oh, the, the sentence is, you know, I made that famous. Obviously, I'm not going to say the word. I'm not going to swear on here because it's. Uh... Yeah, yeah, no. Oh, oh, don't worry. Do two out of three. Hey, he's not bad. Believe me, that is not bad. It's quite good. Not well, bad. not bad. Could have been better, but it could have been worse. I'll get me, get me a nine rating. Yeah, it could be worse. Yeah, I'd say that's a solid eight and a half, you know. And I think you made up with it with the way you explained your cup of tea choice anyway. So, Cam, it's been a pleasure to have you on, mate, on Project Conversation. So. Great story, man. Great story. Keep up Luke. the good work. I'll have to get you on again soon if you want to come on and talk about something else. Maybe just do a whole podcast on Nando's and Wagamama's, perhaps. I mean, that is a podcast I can get behind. Uh, that I think, is content I think Want to hear. That is content people need to hear. It is. Um, that's all for another episode of Project Conversation, the podcast that keeps people talking. Join me next week when I have another guest telling me their story or whatever they want to talk about on Project Conversation because it is the podcast that keeps people talking. See you next week.